the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off your annual subscription. That's $3 a month for every recent current article from all the major sports writers across the landscape, across all of sports, including motorsports, soccer, colleges, everything that's rounding back into form here. We've got another NASCAR race this weekend. Golf is about 10 days away here. We have a firm date on the NBA, a maybe on Major League Baseball, and it sounds like a firm date coming soon for the National Hockey League. So keep up with the sports content, of course, as it turns from what if to what will be. Visit theathletic.com slash track S-P-O-T-R-A-C. My name is Mike Gennetti. Welcome to a special edition of the Track podcast. Uh, I want to preface this quickly. I debated about doing this because, well, there's a lot going on. We talked about it a little bit Tuesday. Um, clearly, the, the nation is a bit unrest, as it should be, um, and the Black Lives Matter content should be at the forefront, whether you're in corporate world, whether you're in sports world, wherever you are, I think that should take a focus, and I don't think anything should really dilute from that. But I thought about it more and more, and it's not like I'm going live on the air here. This is a recorded podcast, which you can choose to listen to this whenever you want to. So the content that I'm going to dive into today isn't something that's going to expire tomorrow. So I don't have to get this out there and and beg you to listen to it as soon as possible. I do think, though, that it's relevant enough to the point of where um, the, 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 the approach I'm going to take here and the evaluation I'm going to give here is probably going to make a difference soon. And there's a lot of factors uh, certainly the COVID-19, and, but also maybe some of this, the, the unrest we're dealing with, that could factor into the, the, the financial landscape of the NFL. All the leagues, but I'm going to talk NFL today. And, and certainly what's happening is, is stifling through the NFL world, you know, players, coaches, teams, the league, all coming forward and, and you know, giving their best effort to support this, support Black Lives Matter, as I think many of us should. Here's what I want to do, okay? I, I, I promise you that I would not go political. I, I would not try to get off topic too much. I'm going to stay the course. It's a Patrick Mahomes day. It was always going to be a Patrick Mahomes day. Like I said, I, I went back and forth as to if I should do this. Again, you know, if you don't feel like it's a good time to listen to Patrick Mahomes' money and, and a deep dive into that conversation, because I do think this is coming into focus soon. It certainly sounds like the Chiefs are behind the scenes have been working hard to get this done. So, you know, take a week off if you need to come back to this next week, but we're going to take a a deep dive into the financial future of Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Have you ever wanted to take a shot at getting a $12,000 Michael Jordan rookie card or a $1,600 autographed Tom Brady helmet for a fraction of the price? Hit Parade is the premier authentic autographed sports memorabilia mystery box manufacturer in the country. Take a shot at getting an autographed item from the biggest names in the game like Jordan, Brady, Zion, Trout, and plenty more. Get your box today at Hit Parade's exclusive online provider, dacardworld.com. That's www.dacardworld.com. No one has more hits than Hit Parade. All right, so one of the things I really love to do, believe it or not, it's peak nerdiness, but I actually love to open a spreadsheet and try to hammer out a complete contract projection for a specific player, whether that's 
you know, Christian McCaffrey a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dak Prescott, we had a show maybe two weeks ago now where I, I did an evaluation process on Dak and what that contract might look like. But I thought it was really important to go piece by piece with Patrick Mahomes for a bunch of reasons. Number one, this is going to be the biggest contract for a lot of things in the history of the NFL. Um, and I'll get to why I say not everything, but a lot of things. There are mitigating factors right now. I, I mentioned in the open that the COVID-19 crisis is tanking revenues. Of course. I mean, the fans, no fans in the stands, less games, all those things are, are impacting revenue, of course. And when revenue is impacted, so does the, so will the salary cap. We've heard things like $25 million less for the NBA salary cap next year. The NFL is, it sure sounds like it's becoming a, a thing that they're getting behind closed doors and discussing, which they should be. This is something that's going to be real, whether it's a small decrease, whether it's no decrease, maybe they can get by. Maybe the TV money stays so strong that they can keep the, you know, the current 198 where it is for next year for 2021. That I mean, um, but there's an unknown. And when there's an unknown, the people at the top really need to figure out at least how to approach it and what to project it at, because it's important for GMs who are budgeting. These GMs aren't just budgeting daily to day. <laughs> there are windows there are three, four, you know, sometimes five-year windows that these GMs are operating under. And not knowing what next year is going to look like is, is damaging because, for instance, the Chiefs, they're right up against it. They've had to make some tough moves uh, in the past, and you saw them have to give Sammy Watkins a pay cut. Many thought that was just going to be an outright release to clear up the $14 million of cap. They gave him a pay cut and cleared a little bit of cap to keep this, this team in the, in the fold. But the, the big elephant in the room here is Mahomes because obviously they want this guy around forever. And it certainly seems like that is mutual. So do they have to extend him now? Absolutely not. And I want to preface that because all these mitigating factors that I mentioned, they're going to be a big, big deal when you sit down to the negotiating table. Now, now maybe both sides are being more, way more flippant about this and it's just going to be, we understand who this guy is league MVP, Super Bowl MVP, 24 years old, you know, face of the NFL right now. Uh, and there's, there's just really no leverage. There's none. I mean, he's got all the leverage. If he decides it's time for a contract right now, the Chiefs pretty much have to bone up to that. Not, it's not an absolute guarantee, but you got to play nice with this guy for, for certain. This guy is going to be, at the minimum, your, your quarterback for the next four years based on what you do here. You've got him locked up for two more. You've got him at $2.8 million cash for this year and a $24.8 million fifth year option, which of course they exercised for next year. So you're talking right there about 25 and change. And, and that's a big deal. That's a big, big part of this because yes, excuse me, 27 and a half million is essentially what they're dealing with. That's the guaranteed money on his rookie contract remaining. It's important because when we talk about these extensions, number one, there's two years left. So any extension would be, we're talking new years. So how many new years are you tacking on to the two that already exist? Same thing with money. How much new money are you tacking on to the $27.5 million that currently exist? That's how we operate in Track. It's all new money, new years. So when you're looking at an extension, if it's a four-year extension, but you see eight years of, of salaries, that's what we're talking about. These were extensions that existed with previous contracts in the fold, previous years that transferred over to the new deal. Instead of the, taking the deal as a whole, we, we treat only the new money and the new 
years for purposes of average salaries and guarantees and things like that, because that's generally how the agency and the leagues work. So that's the standard we use. So that's something to know here when we get into this discussion about how long this is going to be, how much money this is going to be overall versus new money. All, made, all big factors that I take when I sit down to a blank spreadsheet as I, as I started here and say, where is this thing going to go? The other side of this, and I, and I alluded to it, the Chiefs have already had to made, make moves to get their cap right for this year. And it's not great right now. And they still have rookies to sign and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, at the time of this conversation, we're talking about three and a half million dollars of top 51 cap space to work with. Uh, and that's what the 90 man roster, of course. So there's going to be cuts, there's cuts to be made. There may be other moves to be, to make here. I mean, Travis Kelsey may need to be restructured at some point in time here. Chris Jones and that $16 million franchise tag, is that going to get extended? Is he a possible late trade candidate? I'm, like, I, I wouldn't imagine that Tyreek Hill. Uh, had a huge roster bonus that they could have done some work with. They didn't. There, there's stuff to be done here. If they have to restructure Frank Clark again, I don't think they would want to do that, but they can. The point of this is this. When you're sitting down and you're tacking on years to his two years of existing contract for Mahomes, you've got to be conscious of the fact that they can't just go and add $20 million of cap to his first year cap for this new contract. His current cap right now is, you know, Nothing. It's costing the Chiefs nothing to keep him around. It's $5.3 million. So we can't just go and make that $25 million on this new contract and expect the Chiefs to be able to handle it. Certainly there's ways to get, you know, there's always ways to find cap space, but you can't go from five to 20 without doing some real damage on some other contracts. And, you know, the more you restructure, the more you push it down the line, the more the dead cap adds up two, three years later. That's what the Rams are dealing with. That's what plenty of these other teams, the Saints have this all the time. Um, so you you try to avoid that as much as possible, but all of that said, this is certainly somebody that you go through heaven and hell to, <laughs> to make sure he's around. And here's what I'm, I'm just going to give you the numbers up front and I'm going to break down why I have them the way they are. I'm going to give you the structure. I'm going to give you the cap hits. I'm going to give you the cash flow, guaranteed flow, of course. And then what this means for other quarterbacks, what this means for his third contract, which is a huge part of this. Um, and then, of course, the landscape of the NFL. Uh, let's get away from the cap's probably going to drop. Who knows where the revenue is going to be? Because I have to be perfectly blunt about the NFL. Sir, this is not the case with Major League Baseball. And to some degree, it's not the case with the NBA because of their China issue early on and now the COVID issue, of course. I do think the NBA is going to lose a significant portion of revenue from from those those factors. So there will be some sort of price to pay from a cap standpoint in the NBA. The reason I'm more confident about the NFL is a, they're doing everything they can to play every game. And, you know, I know the fans are a part of it, but TV is a bigger part of it. And the TVs are locked in right now. And they're going to add to that. It sounds like they want to add days, add dates and, and get creative, which of course they do. They have all the television leverage in the world. Nope. Nothing, nothing draws more eyeballs than the worst Thursday night football game possible. So, they have it. They have that leverage. And oh, by the way, in 18 months, they're going to have to re-up all, all those TV contracts. So in, in the midst of this Mahomes extension, right, we're leading up to the beginning here of it. And yes, there may be a, a downtick of revenue, but the TV money is there. And that TV money, as long as you can guarantee you that Patrick Mahomes is the Chiefs quarterback for the next four years, that's something that's reliable. You know, Dak Prescott in, in Dallas, that's reliable to the league. It's benchmarks that they can go and market. 
to the t- to the networks to say we have consistency. That's why the labor agreement and the CBA was so important to get done. We want to be able to say there's nothing that can break the NFL away from the television screens, which is the most important factor to both sides. So in the middle of this extension, in in two years from now, you know maybe it'll take three years to impact the cap, but there's going to be a gigantic bubble of revenue coming in from these new television contracts from not only your normals, but your Amazons and your Facebooks and your Twitters and your international uh, networks, much of like the NBA has branched out to. So we can be a little reckless with his numbers in 2022 and in 2023, and then maybe even 2024 if, if and when the contract gets there. Here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm rambling too much here. Let's get to the brass tacks. He's got two years. He's got 27 and change left on, on the rookie contract. I'll, I'll be perfectly blunt with you, and many of you who follow me on Twitter saw this happen. The first iteration of this a couple of days ago, it was a four-year extension for $180 million. Um, I was really focused on that $40 million number, and what I did is I took it to 45. So I went four for 180. Certainly not all of that was guaranteed, but a good, good chunk of it, okay? A good chunk of it was guaranteed to the point of where I could get him to a three-year for at $40 million per year, and I thought he was going to be happy with that. And then I started to think about it uh, because I understood where that took me. That's six full years, which makes him almost 30. Certainly only four of those would be, would be practical under, under the structure of guarantees and cash flow. And again, you got to think about when that TV money's coming and wh- whether he'll be happy with where he is at that, t- that time. That's important. He's the face of the league. You got to make sure he's happy when the league is getting paid. Um, and then I-, I realized that by adding that fourth year, fourth new year and six years total, I was adding fluff to that back year. And I was doing it because of the structure I've given here is two bonuses, a signing bonus in the first year and then a, si- a second option signing bonus in the second year both of which, of course, are guaranteed. And the reason I'm doing that is to try to keep the caps as low as possible because the Chiefs just need it. They, they flat out need it. And oh, by the way, everybody might need it next year because if the salary cap does drop, that's going to be budgeted budgeted cap dollars that were you know, being considered now that won't be available. And yet you can say you can roll some things over to help out, but that means making moves today. So you're either making moves today or you're making moves next year, next March, to account for the fact that it's a lower salary cap. So I can't just be super flippant with his cap hit next year either, regardless of the extension. So, so here's what I did. And a lot of teams are going in this direction. I haven't really seen the chiefs do this yet uh, outside of the restructure for Sammy Watkins, which was, you know, everything outside of this year is essentially dead. Um, I converted this back into a three-year extension, but I still included that sixth year, but it's voidable. It's, it's 100% going to void if he's on the roster at the, at the end of the 2024 season. So that allows me to get two, two bonuses this year and next year that can prorate over a full five years, which that's the best way to keep your cap low right now and over the course of the contract. But he gets out either after 2023 or after 2024, of which he'll be 27 or 28 years old. And like I said, that should be right after the, that revenue boost from the new television contract. I imagine it hits in 2022. He may have to pay 2023 on $26 million of cash based on what I've got laid out here. And then he can rip it up and they can convert the rest of the dead cap into a new contract, which we see all the time. Two years left in the deal in 2024. 
bring that dead cap over to the new deal and go from there and uh, align his cash flow more properly with where the league is in three years. So it's not a four-year extension. It's a three-year, $150 million extension. So that's a $50 million per annual average salary, which I know sounds crazy because the current high is 35 and it's Russell Wilson. So I'm... (laughs) I've just given Patrick Mahomes $15 million more per year than any player in the history of the NFL. I don't think it's crazy. Look, I do these baseline calculation, calculated projections every day. And often I'll throw a big list on Twitter. And the general consensus with what I throw out is it's not enough. You know, it's not enough money for Miles Garrett. It's not enough money for Amari Cooper. It's not enough money for, you know, the next running back. And I understand that. And I understand that for the most part, all of these leagues are in the next man up mentality. All of them. If you're good enough to be, to make a pro bowl or an all-star game or good enough to get to the Super Bowl, you are worth the next biggest contract available to you. And that's fine, but I don't operate that way. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I can look at it and be logical enough to say, all right, there's no way that guy's not going to be the highest paid player at his position in the next couple of months. So, you know, we just have to be logical about it. But that's not how I start ever, 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 ever. We built an algorithm for a reason. And the reason is to temper me (laughs) and to take the emotion out of it. Certainly the emotion is going to be there. And the agents are sitting in rooms saying, look at this guy is this and this and this. And he does this off the field. And the intangibles all matter. It all matters at the end of the day. But the point of our calculated algorithm is to say, this is where everything should start. This is exactly what the math says. It's what the data says. It's what stats say. It's what other players at that position have been doing over the past two seasons. Okay, there's a lot of just really nerdy but mathematical calculations that go into place to say this is the number that we need to start at with this guy. So I, I'm with you. I, I think Miles Garrett should probably be up there in Cleo Mack discussion at the end of the day. But his stats just don't say it. <laughs> okay, I used him. I used Cleo Mack to evaluate Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett just doesn't have the numbers yet. Now he might, he, he looks like a heck of a player. So does Joey Bosa. Okay. Both those guys are pretty darn close to Cleo Max number, but our, our baseline valuation doesn't, doesn't allow them to proceed his number yet. It's just math. It's not me. I didn't sit there and massage the number to make it look better. It's just how it calculated. That's how the stats work and how some of the analytics work. Um, when you put Patrick Mahomes into a baseline calculated algorithm, he doesn't come out at $50 million. He doesn't even come out at $40 million. Why? Because everybody else is 35 or less right now. And, and the current pay structure matters because generally speaking, what has happened is you'll have agents and smart people and capologists sit in a room and go through stats just like our, our algorithm does. And they'll say, okay, so his stats and his resume and where we think he's going in the next couple of years say he definitely should be the next highest paid player at position X. Fine. What is the current high? So for quarterbacks, it's 35 million Russell Wilson. Let's, let's work to meet that, to beat that. Let's work to beat the three-year cash flow. Let's work to beat the guaranteed money. That's how this works. Okay. And it's, I'm not talking like a significant increase. I'm talking like, you know, let's just get over the hump so that we can report him as the next highest. That worked for a long time. Here's the difference. And here's why a lot of smart people gawk at my numbers and I get it. And I'm here to say, fine, keep doing it. Keep doing it because you're right in some, some breaths, but you're not right in the fact that our math still works. It's still the baseline. It's still the way that the, the first conversation should be had. Just like that terrible MLB owner's offer 
that offered $993 million instead of $4 billion. Okay. There's, there's, there are analytics that go into that offer right there that say, this is what we exactly what we need to break even. We know we won't get it, but this is the number we want to start with. Same thing here. It's a baseline. It's math only. It's not logic. It's not emotion. It's not intangibles. It's math. So Patrick Mahomes' mathematical evaluation says $37 million, something around there. Same with Deshaun Watson, $37, $38 million, okay? which is actually pretty impressive. Their, their baseline evaluation is already jumping ahead of Russell Wilson by many millions. So it's something to be said there. These guys really are going to get paid. Uh, so how did we get to 50 on Patrick Mahomes? Well, here's the other part of it, and this is why the smart people yell at me a lot, and I'm, I'm with you. And this is why, by the way, I do a version called calculated versus projected or my thoughts or my practical evaluation of a player because the, the league salary cap has jumped eight, nine, $10 million regularly for the past three seasons. And that's the X factor. That's the X factor. So, so Khalil Max $22 million three years ago isn't $22 million now. It's inflation, it's, it's space, it's availability, it's what owners need to be spending now versus what they needed to be spending then. That's a major difference, and that calculation should come into play, and it does. But I don't want to start with that ever. I don't want to inflate somebody's projection just because the league has inflated as well. I want to start with where do they, where do they come in just on production, and then we go from there. Then we go from there. So now we're here, and this is where emotional logic got me to with Patrick Mahomes. It's, I went from $38 million a year, you know, and, and saying on radio shows for the last 18 months that I think he's going to hit 40, and now we're not even close because the cap jumped to 188 this year. Mahomes wins the Super Bowl MVP after an injured, riddled 2019 season, and we're, you know, we're at peak Patrick Mahomes evaluation. We're at Joe Flacco winning the Super Bowl. And where do we take him from there? Where a guy like Joe Flacco, I don't think would ever have been the highest paid player in the league, but that's what happens when results factor in. Mahomes has results. He's got age. He's got the right system, the right coach. He has got everything in his favor. He's got everything in his favor. So three years, $150 million, 50 million per year. We're going to make it a $50 million signing bonus to start. He's going to get $120 million of this fully guaranteed the time he signs the page, the, the contract, which also means the Chiefs have to front load a majority of that into an escrow account. That changed a little bit with the CBA, but for the most part, it's going to be a big, big enchilada of money dropped into an account for Mahomes. As long as that all lines up with them, this is a doable contract. This is a wow contract from a headline standpoint. It is a tenable contract for the next two seasons for the Chiefs. Here's the cap hits. I'll, I'll work backwards. $13.3 million for, for 2020, based on what I've got laid out here, which jumps from, like I said, 5.3 to 13.3. So we're jumping $8 million. So they are going to have to restructure something, maybe two people. Maybe it's a Chris Jones extension that drops his $16 million in half, and then you can fit in a Mahomes extension as well. But it's not a gigantic jump. That's a, that's a tenable jump. You should be able to handle an $8 million jump for your quarterback, of course. $29 million next year. That's a huge jump. That's a $16 million jump in cap figures from this year to next year. Um, and I understand that that's going to be difficult, especially if the salary cap drops. But to be perfectly honest, $29 million for a quarterback in 2021, it's not going to be top five for cap hits. It's not. 
It's not. When you get guys like Watson and Dak and, you know, players like Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, who might, might get contracts next offseason as well. So it's going to be middle of the middle of the top 10 pack uh, with that 29 million. So it's something the Chiefs are just going to have to figure out how to do if they go this route. Then we get crazy. Okay, then the cap hits jumped to 39 million, 43 million, and 48.6 million to figure to finish out this extension. Sound big, but remember how I prefaced this whole thing. 2022 should be a big money year for the NFL. It should be, as long as things get back to where they they uh, you know they belong with the revenue streams. The TV money should be in. Things should have resuscitated as much as possible. So a $39 million cap hit in 2022, again. I don't think that's top five. You know, maybe it's fourth or fifth. Maybe, maybe, maybe because of restructures and things like that or some of the older guys are out of the league. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is out of the league at that point, out of that contract with Green Bay, things like that. Uh, maybe Jared Goff is out of the Rams at that point. But $39 million in 2022 when, when a salary cap could be, you know, 220 at that point. Could be. Doable. Definitely doable. 2023, 43 million. That's only a $4 million jump from 2022 to 2023. Again, that's standard, that's standard operating procedures right there. That's a standard jump for a cap hit of a contract of this girth. So they look huge and it's a big jump from one to two and two to three. But what I'm doing is I'm playing nice right now and then getting into the thick of things when I do think the revenue and the salary cap situation will be back into form in 2022. I think that's probably the logical way to look at this from a structure standpoint. So it's a $50 million bonus up front. It's a minimum salary in 2020. I don't think he'll gawk at that. He's still getting 50, almost $51 million when it's all said and done. In 2021, he gets $47 million cash, including a $35 million second bonus, option bonus, second signing bonus, however you want to label that. Again, that prorates over the last five years. So you're talking... $98 million over the first two years of this contract. That's big boy stuff right there. That is big boy stuff. Um, if you include another 22 million in the third year, all of which is fully guaranteed, by the way, that's the full 120. No riffs, no frills, no fluff. It's $120 million of base salary and, and double signing bonus that is fully guaranteed the second he signs a contract. I understand there's risk to that, but I, I think he has more than earned. If you think about it this way, let's just stop right there. Okay. And I understand that, you know, that you can't because there's significant dead cap after that, but let's stop right there. Three years, $120 million. And let's put that up against Kirk Cousins, who got three years and $84 million fully guaranteed. That's what we're saying here. What we're saying is Mahomes is $40 million better than him at this point of his career. And it's still going to be fully guaranteed. That's what we're saying. Now, Cousins had no fluff after that. And certainly Mahomes has fluff. But with that fluff comes another $26 million of cash in 2023. So it is a four-year, $146 million contract. Um, that, this is where I may, be, I may be low. Truly, this is where I may be low. That number may have to get more up to like the 155 mark. Maybe even the 160 mark. I mean, there's a chance... That, that Mahomes and his camp need to see $40 million throughout the next four years. So 160 over the next four. I'm considerably lower than that, and I did it for cap purposes. But I also gave him a heck of a lot of cash in 2024. So 
there's room to move here and maneuver if they want to, you know, up the ante in 2023, bring some of the cash and the cap back from 2024 back into 23 and get yourself a little bit more of a, over a four-year span. It's possible. It's very possible. It's also possible that they make the 2023 salary gigantic in order to get, get yourself to 160, 165 million over four years, knowing that there's going to be a restructure or an extension at that point anyway, and they can maneuver as needed for cap purposes. So there's, there's a lot of flexibility in leeway in, in what I've done here. But to me, the most important part of this was getting 120 million over the first three years and making that fully guaranteed with no per game bonuses, with no, none of that. I didn't even add workout bonuses. I know the Chiefs will because they add workout bonuses to absolutely everybody. But I kept it out of here for now because it's such an ancillary payment and part of the cap structure that I, I didn't even deem it necessary here. Uh, but the numbers are, these, these are the numbers I think at least the start that we needed to get to was the 120 and absolutely no way around it. After that, whatever, whatever has to happen can happen. Okay, I've got another $52 million left. And to me, you can do whatever you want with that from a cash and cap standpoint. So, excuse me, 57.6 remaining over the, over the last two years of this extension. So it is a five-year, $177.6 million uh, contract in terms of total value. Three of those new years, $150 million of it new, new money. $85 million of it comes in the form of bonus. The rest is just straight base salary. There's no roster bonuses. There's nothing like that. I think you keep it as clean as possible. Keep the cash structure as clean as possible. Allow yourself a chance to restructure if you absolutely must. But I have to be quite honest with you. I think the way that I portrayed this from a cap standpoint, again, 13.3, 29.1, 39.43, 48.6. Those are the cap figures over the next five years. I think as long as things go as we, we predict, and I know next year is a bit of an unknown, I think it, but I think if the league takes a little bit of a step back next year, but then bounces back big and then continues forward as it has, you know, in the past few seasons here, these should be more than tenable cap numbers. You shouldn't have to restructure outside of having to, you know, get under players under contract. You may have to maneuver multiple contracts to make it all fit from a 53 man roster standpoint. But just looking at this on a singular basis, I do believe that those are the cap numbers that, that can work for the Chiefs and also make Mahomes happy. Again, the one sort of elephant in the room with these numbers is that fourth year because it's not guaranteed until March of 2022. It'll be guaranteed in the third year, by the way. So yes, I'm giving him 120 over three, but the second March of 2022 hits, that fourth year kicks in. So you get 146 million guaranteed over the four years as long as he's on the roster in March of 2022, which of course, you know, there wouldn't be a way around that otherwise. So it's big. It's four for 146. And those are the practical, practical guarantees. Again, if that's got to be 150 and you convert some of this stuff to workout bonuses or, or per game active bonuses, I guess, if you absolutely must, although I'd hate to see him do that because uh, it's just less, it's less impactful for him. Those are that, that, that's dollars you have to earn now or dollars you need some luck with and not get injured and all that good stuff. He's, uh, he's at a point now where his leverage is maximum. He should get the, keep those kind of mitigating factors out of this contract. Keep it clean. Keep it simple. Allow a restructure in there if you need to to help your team out and make sure that your roster can stay as, as plentiful as possible. But it's, uh, there's a lot to impact here. No question about it. There's a lot, there's a lot to impact. 
And I don't know if the 146 over four is going to get the job done, but I do think the 120 over three will. And I'll, I'll hang my hat on that until somebody tells me otherwise. Other than that, that's it. If he gets through all five years, there's $7 million of dead cap in 2025. I don't think he's, that would be the case. I think in 2024, after the four years that we mentioned here of guaranteed money, 146 million, I think he'd be 28 years old heading into 2024. Probably makes sense to rip it up and start over again. Because yes, he has a chance to make $32 million in that season based on our structure. But, you know, he's probably going to need himself another 90 to 100 million in that first year of a new contract at that point. That's just where we're going. That's where we're going. I mean, Aaron Rodgers absolutely crushed his first two and a half seasons in terms of cash. And that's where we're going. So it's doable. I posted this on Twitter. Uh, you can check it at SpotTrack. It's, it's, it's five or six tweets back at this point. But look for the three years, $150 million projection. I've got it broken out as we do on the website. So you'll see all the entities of the contract, all the guaranteed signings, the notes that go with it. So you understand how these, these guarantee structures work. Again, this one's not going to take too long to figure out. It's clean. It's simple. It does have some big cap jumps in a couple of seasons, but it does make, you know, checkbox number one is can the Chiefs afford it this year? Outside of the fact that they have to drop $100 million into escrow. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not, it's not my cat, my checks that I'm cashing. Uh, I think it's doable. I think it's definitely doable from a cap standpoint. What I, do I think he would accept it? I, I sure, I sure think the three for 150 uh, is, is enough. That's, that's a marketable look. And <laughs> we're at a time right now where anybody who offers you $120 million guaranteed at signing, you just take it, just take it. I don't care what game you're playing. Just take it. That's a, that's a gigantic number. It's way more than anybody's ever received at, at signing. And of course, the 146 is right up there as well. So we're hitting all the, all the notes. Three years cash, practical guarantees, guarantee at signing. The average salary, of course. It's not the biggest signing bonus ever. It is not the longest contract ever. But that's the last thing I want to get to here. The reason I pulled back from four years to three on this new, on this new extension is simple. If Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes and the NFL is what it is in three years, in 2023, the sky's the limit again. And yes, I'm projecting him $15 million higher than any player in the history of football right now. We're going to have to do the same thing in three years if this continues down this path. And he is still the face of the, fr- of the not only the Chiefs, but the league. And the league is still just as plentiful and able to draw the ratings that, that it continues to draw in 2022-23, he's going to want out. And whether that means leaving the Chiefs because the Chiefs have closed their window and you know there are, there are greener patches of grass elsewhere, fine. The, the point is the best players in the league, the highest paid players in the league, don't have to be the ones with the longest contracts in the league. I say this with every sport. You've seen, guys, you've seen so many players in the NBA figure this out and strip down to, ma- to short max deals with control. Give me, an op- give me a player option. Give me an out. Give me the ability to demand a trade whenever I want. Don't, don't, don't have my contract be so convoluted that you can't get out of it from your standpoint. Teams are figuring that out. Teams are figuring out not only how to control a player costly, but how to get out of it without killing themselves. That's why the Rams are going through their growing pains right now. There's a lot of structural issues with the Rams that it sounds like they're protecting themselves. And it sounds like they're, they're, they're holding contract securities based on their structure. 
The problem is if Todd Gurley's knee goes or Jared Goff isn't the elite quarterback they want him to be or Brandon Cooks is just another guy and not really that WR1 that deserves the $16.5 million a year. When those things come into play and you've structured a contract to be you know, rock solid, well, then it, <laughs> it takes a lot to break the rock to get out of it. And that's just the, that's the catch-22 with structuring contracts certain ways. I haven't done that with Mahomes here. That's why I split this up into two signing bonuses so that the dead cap was somewhat tempered on an annual basis. That's why in 2024, on, that fi- on the fifth year of this contract, the final actual year of this contract, it only holds $24 million of dead cap over a $48.6 million cap hit. So they can save a ton of money to trade him, to move on, all that good stuff. And a ton of cash as well, by the way. So there's a lot. There's a lot here. And these are where these contracts are going. But I would hate, it, w- it would absolutely crush me. And you've, you've heard it all, all the time with Dak Prescott. It's the reason he hasn't signed. He does not want a five-year deal. He wants a four. If I had to guess, he'd probably take a three. That would probably be his first choice. But his agent has probably said, we have to compromise to four at least to allow you know, some of the bonuses to, to stretch out a little bit. My pushback would be, start thinking like this. Start thinking like the Lions have started, started and the Eagles have been doing for years and the Patriots have been doing for years. Add in these voidable years. Understand that your team is going to take dead cap for a player who doesn't exist on your team or on your roster possibly. But if it's a quarterback that you think is going to be around for the next eight seasons, then don't worry about it. Add the dummy years. Give the, team, give the player some control to make him happy because that's important right now. It's important. <laughs> and you can say that the owners went out in all these sports the NBA is a really good example of this. I don't think, I don't think LeBron James feels threatened by having a two-year contract in the middle of his career. Not at all. I think it helps him feel like he has choices, like he has options. And as the face of the friend, the league, of course, uh, it's important to make those guys feel that way. It's important to promote the stars in a healthy way, not just from financially speaking, of course, from a safety standpoint as well. And by ensuring Patrick Mahomes, the fact that he doesn't have to be on the field to make a bonus, you know, that he's going to get his money because he has done enough for this league already. And he's going to continue to do enough for the league that we can just lock in his salaries and give him big bonuses up front and go and let him play football and do his thing. Cause we're all going to win. If that's the case, that's got to happen. And if one of the concessions has to be, it's got to be a three-year extension instead of a four or five, we do it. We do it because guess what? In, in three years, in 2023, maybe even 2022, when we're all sitting here talking about Mahomes' money again, it's good for everybody. Certainly good for me, but it's going to be good for Mahomes' agents. It's going to be good for the team he's on. It's going to be good for the league because it's going to be instant content that they own, that they own. The face of their league needs a new contract and people eat that stuff up. And it's going to be huge. If we're talking 50 a year now, what are we talking about in 2023? So it's going to be super interesting content that's just going to be generated by the fact that you didn't have one player on a gigantically long contract that gets boring four years into it. Let's keep these things moving. Let's keep transactions happening. Let's keep trades possible. You know, let's get all these things involved that the NBA has just flat out figured out. I mean, the, the NBA is now entering a sign and trade generation. We're going to see six or seven massive sign and trades this offseason with big, big names because that's the way to go now because they don't have to transfer cap space that way. That's a whole nother enchilada. That's for Scott Allen to break down for you soon. But that's my point. Don't, don't lock this guy into six years. Don't do it. Don't do it. Lock him into three new years at big, big money. Make everything eye-popping. Make the wow factor there. Give yourself the headline. Make him happy. Give him control. 
make sure the Chiefs have this quarterback for the next three to four seasons, which of course is the point here. Everybody's going to win. Everybody's going to win. And that's when, uh, that's my proposal here. So again, I'll, I'll finish off with this. The numbers we put out there on the market value tool uh, that I tweet often, they're baselines. They are mathematical calculations that have to do with other players of that position, what they've earned, how the production aligns comparatively, and how much more or less our valued player should be making based on that production. So Miles Garrett, if you want, if you want a, your baseline number, if you want your starting point in your negotiation to be Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald or Demarcus Lawrence or all these, you know, Frank Clarks, then the numbers just aren't there for me. And that's my, that's my explanation to you. They're not there yet. I think he's a heck of a player. I think Joey Bosa is a monster. I think Joey Bosa, if he waits a year, could become the highest paid defensive player in the history of football. I think that's very, very possible. But I just want to put some, uh, put some proof out there as to how we evaluate those numbers and why I sit here on the radio or writing articles and things like that, go on radio stations and say, it's this. For instance, George Kittle, that's been the topical guy I've been making the rounds with. George Kittle against other tight ends is $11 million because the highest paid tight end is $10.5 million. It, that's, not going, that's not logical. On any breath is not logical. George Kittle is worth $17 million as a wide receiver slash tight end. Big difference. That's the Mahomes discussion. That's what we're talking about here, folks. It's not Russell Wilson plus a million dollars, which is generally the case. Let's just, you know, up our ante, next man up. Mahomes isn't the next man up. He is the next fa uh, face of this league. He is the next franchise player of this league. And if the Chiefs want him for the next four years, they're going to have to do something along these breaths. Three years, $150 million, $50 million signing bonus, $120 million fully guaranteed at signing, second year $35 million bonus, and tenable cap hips over the next two years to handle their mess this year. And what could be a league mess next year with all things considered. Okay. One last break before we finish. I'm really excited about this. David Adams card world, outstanding store, outstanding website for memorabilia, sports cards, uh, your fantasy cards, all that fun stuff. They've got a really great product line called hip parade. It's basically like a mystery boxed set of memorabilia or trading cards or all these things that they offer. And you can buy bulk, right? It's like going to Costco. And instead of just buying one card, you know, I'd rather buy 1500. It's a great way. If you're a collector, if you're, you know, if you're in this stuff, you're an enthusiast, this stuff's coming back, by the way, it, it is making quite a comeback, especially in this quarantine time. I think a lot of people are sitting home going through their junk and finding out that some of this stuff isn't really junk, especially if they do their homework and really understand what they might have from a bunch of years back. So it's funny how this is making a comeback and we're really pumped for this. This is a great, great new, new advertiser. They're going to be our new guest hotline sponsor. So you're going to hear a lot from these guys. It's David Adams card world, dacardworld.com exclusively check out their hip parade exclusive collection. You're paying for the opportunity to get something great, knowing you're going to get a ton of really good stuff. And there's a chance it's like opening up a pack of trading cards. You never know where that rookie card is going to be. They've, they've taken that model and made bulk memorabilia. It's just the way, way to go right now. Hip Parade is the premier authentic autographed sports memorabilia mystery box manufacturer in the entire country. Get your box today at Hip Parade's exclusive online provider, dacardworld.com. That's www.dacardworld.com. No one has more hits than Hip Parade. For The Athletic, 
My name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>